Hello and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am King Shit and I'm joined by the Golden Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and today we will be going through <laughs> episode 21, uh, the, or excuse me, episode 24, <laughs> Big Daddy. <laughs> Boy, I threw myself off with that intro. Here's the king. Now, now, just so you know, at the beginning of this episode, I'll be king shit because I got the intro. I have to keep things going. As we go through the episode and go over to the recap with Ski, he will be king shit. And then throughout parts of the episode, Brent will interject with his wit and take over the role of king shit here and there from whoever he needs to rest it from. <laughs> so with that, the, again, episode 24, not 21, uh, Big Daddy. I'm going to go ahead and hand that over to Ski with uh, the recap. All right. Uh, like you said, the uh, episode title is Big Daddy. The original air date was May 3rd, 1986. Uh, it was written by Barry Fanaro, or Fanaro maybe, and uh, Mort Nathan, directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, we find uh, Sophia in the kitchen at the very beginning. She uh, takes a carton of orange juice from the refrigerator and pours herself a glass. Uh, but just then, Dorothy enters the kitchen, and Sophia hands her the glass and tells her to taste this. So she takes a sip and very quickly winces, saying that it's awful, and asks what was wrong with it. Uh, Sophia tells her that it was expired. <laughs> no, I, but, I, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, but uh, sometimes it's a good past the expiration date, and she wanted to te- test it out, basically. <laughs> See, that reminded me a lot. I, I, I think it's an old person thing in general, mm-hmm. but my grandmother used to keep expired food all the time mm-hmm. and, and and try to serve it to people now she was not doing it maliciously yes <laughs> you know, or or to, def, to protect herself from eating the bad food yeah. um but yeah she would you know oftentimes offer up uh, expired yogurt milk things yeah. of that nature because i just think i don't know i guess maybe when they when you live through depression or something <laughs> you're like yeah, yeah you don't throw out food until it's you know mm-hmm. chunky style so <laughs> exactly <laughs> until time makes a fool of you <laughs> right exactly. i like to think it's even more existential than that you think so? Yeah, I think, you know, once you get to a certain age, you think of yourself as potentially expired, and you're like, uh, I'm uh, still good enough to hang around. <laughs> Maybe this milk from five weeks ago is still good. Yeah, I may be a little lumpier than I used to be, but <laughs> please don't throw me out. <laughs> so. so, yeah, she takes a gulp and then say, oh, that's disgusting. Uh, Sophia explains that it was expired. Then uh, Dorothy tells her mother that uh, she looks really tired, and uh, Sophia explains that Rose had kept her up all night uh, begging to sleep with her uh, during a severe storm. More on that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she compares... That'll uh, rope them in. <laughs> say what? I said that'll rope in the listeners. Yeah, it's, it's building uh, anticipation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she compares uh, the uh, uh, Rose kind of begging to get in her bed like uh, Dorothy's dad before they got married... Dorothy asks, well, what did you do? And Sophia responds, still referring to her dad. Yeah, you're not getting anything until you put a ring on my finger and a donkey in my father's barn. So a donkey in the barn, that seems like a fairly meager dowry to me. What what would be the... Now, for you, Brent, I won't even ask you. Brent has three daughters. Correct. So <laughs> what would the dowry need to be for you to sign off? Granted, when they're adults. Okay. Well, um, one is, but when the other two uh, reach that age as well. Well, first off, you know, build me a garage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and put that donkey in it. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I think that, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be up to the individual daughter. Mm. It's one of those things that I would feel 
I don't know, kind of just skeevy. Like if I pocketed the dowry, mm. like it seems like it should be theirs, you know, like oh, they're the okay. one doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think it would help grease the wheels if it was a guy that you were not too fond of? You're like, he's all right. He's not terrible. I don't think he beats my daughter. I don't think he's going to yeah. cheat on her. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think he's kind of a dud. Mm-hmm. But he did offer to give me this Porsche if I were to, yeah. you know, endorse this uh, marriage. Do you yeah. think you'd go ahead and feign um, I guess acceptance? So. I guess I would be wondering how this young lad afforded a Porsche. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think that would make me nervous and a little apprehensive. I thought dowries went the other way. I thought you lost a daughter and you had to pay him money. Yeah, I think that's probably, I think that's true. At least Which the, never yeah, seemed to make sense to me. I'm like... Yeah, it's true, yeah. Well, it doesn't make sense except for the fact that you figure um, back then, back when yeah, dowries were... Yeah, culture was definitely were, different. The, well, the, the man was, was the more... earner. And so basically you're saying, you take care of my daughter and here's some other stuff to help you get started yeah. on your way yeah. to taking care of you know, well, my child yeah, and yeah. grandchildren. I think that may also factor into women were viewed as lesser individuals. Oh, well, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, there are still some countries uh, where that's still a huge problem, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, not in Miami, Florida. Yeah, not for the Golden Girls. No, not at all. They're all just sticking it out yeah. and, and making themselves known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you think there was something wrong with Sal? And that's why the diary had to come towards the girl's family instead of the traditional towards the boy? Yeah, maybe, or maybe Sicily was a more progressive country. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he's maybe Sophia was just such a catch that needed to sweeten the pot in order to, mm-hmm. to take her. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there, there may have been so many suitors, there was no need for a dowry. Instead, you needed to, mm-hmm. you know, entice the father to give his blessing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because, so. I mean, I guess in the normal thing, like, so, you know, the groom gives the bride's father a donkey or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then doesn't the bride's father then have to, like, use that donkey to pay for, like, the wedding? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know. If you're in that poor of a community where a donkey is enough to sway, mm-hmm. then perhaps the cost of the wedding wouldn't be, you know, maybe the donkey would be the main course. That's what I'm thinking. You know, cause <laughs> they, eat, eating, that yeah, donkey. They, they use every part, so that head would be a centerpiece. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, before we start getting into the differences between donkeys and mules and whatnot again, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, you can go ahead and continue on with the recaps. Right. Uh, Dorothy, of course, clarifies that her question was about Rose. She explains that she didn't let her sleep with her. And then uh, they enter the living room, and Rose immediately kind of joins them from uh, the back room and apologizes about bothering her all the night before. Uh, she starts in on a story about you know when she was little. Uh, but Sophia quickly stops her short. <laughs> Didn't even really get a chance to start very much. Uh, directly after that, uh, Blanche also enters the room and excitedly announces that her father, Big Daddy, uh, will be visiting. Uh, Blanche then goes on to uh, reminisce about a story about how uh, respected her father was in her childhood town. Um, I thought it was odd that, uh, not odd, but you know, Rose was un- unable to finish her story, but they let R- R- Blanche go on. Oh, yeah. She rambled, too, on pretty, that story. Pretty unfair. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now, now, have you known anybody that referred to uh, their parent as Big Daddy or any other similar? Um, one instance. And I talked to your daughter about it earlier. On, uh, <laughs> no, oh, are, you, are you referring to, to, to uh, Princess the Frog? Disney movie? Yeah. <laughs> the Princess and the Frog? <laughs> yeah. I think you're referring No, to, I don't know anyone personally. Tiana. Uh, yeah, Tiana. Well, Tiana doesn't, but it's her friend, her southern, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, like the, the John Goodman character was Big was Daddy. Big, yeah. Oh, nice. So, and I think I think Big Daddy, kind of the way that Blanche describes it, he was mm-hmm. Big Daddy to everybody in the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, so. like a, he was like a community sage, if yeah. you will. 
well, not Big Daddy Hollingsworth, but the Big Daddy from the song mm-hmm. is actually a rooster. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, Brent said that this uh, show immediately reminded him of, uh, what was it, Don't Stop Now by Guided by Voices? Correct. Okay. And, and I did research. I am not a, Brent's a music aficionado. I am not. <laughs> uh, most people would consider my taste in music to be uh, somewhere between mediocre and bad, whereas people <laughs> who love music would uh, definitely endorse a lot of Brent's uh, selections, but I did look this. This group <laughs> actually predates the Golden Girls. I think they oh, yeah. eighty three was when they started up, so <laughs> they've been around slightly longer. They probably named this uh, episode after that. I don't <laughs> know when this particular song yeah. debuted, but yeah, no, this song was definitely after that, and this episode was a good six years before anybody had even heard of them. Okay. <laughs> so and and it was a good what. 30 some years before I ever heard of them. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but I tell people who love guided by voices, love guided by voices. Mm. See, so. when I saw the name guided by voices, I immediately thought it was going to be a gospel group or uh, something of that yeah. nature, like Christian rock, which I was thinking, I don't yeah. think Brent has, ex- well, you did go through a period of Christian rock, didn't you? No. Did you not? I feel like mm. you told me there was at least some Christian rock groups that you were a fan of. Mm-mm. No, I must be misremembering, mm. but that, that's what I assumed. Yeah. Just when I, not that you would necessarily be a big fan of that of mm-hmm. a Christian rock band now. Yeah. But I guess you never were since you're. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, more into like Satan rock. <laughs> <laughs> Jars of Clay. Mm-hmm. I think they were technically maybe a Christian rock band, and they had a song I liked. And oh, okay. Seven Mary Three. Pod was too. Pod. Have you heard of them? I don't know. What oh, they're so like a actually kind of a hard rock mm. Christian okay. rock, if you will. Okay. Cool. I am. Well, I feel like at some point in our friendship, you have mentioned a song <laughs> you liked that was by a Christian rock group. So that may be mm-hmm. where this is in my head. That Maybe. You yeah. were a fan at one point of Christian rock music, but mm-hmm. in general, as opposed to a specific He's song. He's talking about you. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Yeah. It's an easy mistake to make, though. <laughs> so uh, we know Big Daddy's coming to town. Uh, Blanche kind of jumps into the story about when she was a kid. Uh, she talks about how you know people would come visit their home called Twin Oaks, mm-hmm. and you know if your house is a name, it's special. Uh, she and people would come ask for her dad's advice. Uh, so she then continues, kind of goes into this very cliche and idyllic uh, Southern estate kind of description of her story. Mm-hmm. Dorothy then kind of calls her out on the portrayal and asks if uh, the farmhands would also ever kind of break into song <laughs> yeah yeah i think the song she mentioned well i know the song she mentioned was a dim old cotton fields back home yeah which apparently is a song from the 50s by lead belly that was then covered by johnny cash and a bunch of other people as yeah. well but the implication to me was that like, blanche was a slave owner yeah yeah Everybody no. thought it was funny <laughs> well especially because you know the original name of the song was uh cotton song mm-hmm. and then yeah. the remade versions of the song were either mm-hmm. uh, in them old woods or mm-hmm. them old, or, i mean in them old cotton fields or something yeah. of that nature yeah. but dorothy specifically said dim old cotton yeah. fields yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know yeah my personal favorite version of that song is by the beach boys oh really yes because they're like you know their generation's lead belly uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So, so many times I've heard that comparison. Yeah. It's getting a little cliche, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard of Lead Belly, but I couldn't tell you, obviously, than the song we just discussed, yeah. anything they sing. Well, I think Lead Belly is an individual, isn't Correct. it? Yeah. yeah. So Huddy Leadbetter. Okay. Learn something new every day. 
an old southern blues singer, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, did you ever see Nirvana's Unplugged? Yeah. yeah the closing song, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Oh, I can That I'd, was Lead Belly. I, I have seen it, but it has been a long time, so. It's <laughs> good. I remember Kurt Cobain was in it. I mean, he was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was the fellow with the guitar. <laughs> I'm guessing. Uh, um, now I'm looking stupid. I can't remember the uh, name of the, the drummer now. David Grohl. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, she admits that uh, she may have been exaggerating a little bit about her uh, portrayal of uh, her southern home, uh, but uh, not exaggerating how uh, respected her father was. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then heads out uh, to buy some supplies, wanting her dad to feel right at home during his visit. She wants to get his favorite food, brandy, cigars. And then uh, Sophia adds that she should also ask the neighbor across the street to tar and feather their lawn jockey. <laughs> Do you think it's odd that he drinks brandy instead of bourbon? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I know bourbon is being like Kentucky bourbon is, is very, yeah. bourbon is very synonymous with Kentucky, but they're yeah. a little further south, so maybe brandy and, yeah. you know. But like, where's brandy from, I guess? I, I don't know. I think I think bourbon and brandy are both types of whiskey, aren't they? And then whiskey is definitely indig- indigenous to the south. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It well, just seems like southern pride indicative. thing. I guess I mean, brandy, all I know I is that brandy's a fine girl and <laughs> <laughs> make a good wife she'd make. She would. <laughs> but. Exactly. She's no comparison to, you know, my not life or my love to my life, lady. You love your lady, <laughs> of course. <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> then uh, Rose tells the girls that she's going to go sit on the lanai for a little bit and get some fresh air and that it's mm-hmm. always really nice out there after a storm. Uh, Sophia asks her to pull some weeds while she's out there. And, uh, of course, Rose cheerfully agrees. Dorothy then kind of retorts to her mother that uh, she previously had promised to uh, get, the re- get rid of the weeds or pull the weeds, rather, and she said, no. I said I'd get it done, and I am. <laughs> of course, by using Miss Rose. Uh, Rose comes back in really quick, uh, obviously upset, and tells the girls they need to come outside immediately. Uh, they follow her out to the lanai, and a palm tree had fallen down and damaged a good portion of their porch area. The next-door neighbor, then, Mr. Barton, kind of joins them and says, uh, kind of surveying the damage. He explains that uh, his house is in perfect repair, however. So, Mr. Barton, like, this was just a murderer's row of talent. Mm -hmm. I think this is just, like, the best cast they ever, ever had. Like, all four of those guest stars, you know, were just absolute phenomenal. Yeah, they often have a lot of guest stars. And at that time period, it Mm -hmm. seemed like everybody that guest starred in something had guest starred or, Mm -hmm. you know, had bit roles in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But this one in particular, yeah, they had several that were, Mm -hmm. you know, had very good careers outside mm-hmm. of the Golden Girls and, you know, some really solid, really solid contribu- contributions. So. Exactly. So, and he explains, you know, like he said, I said his, his house is in perfect repair and Rose kind of sweetly says, oh, thank goodness. You know, if the wind were blowing in the opposite direction, uh, your tree could have fallen into your living room. And uh, he immediately stops her and says, oh, what do you mean my tree? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sorry, but like Gordon Jump, mm-hmm. like so, what was the first thing you guys thought of like when you saw him? Well, he was someone who I immediately was like, oh, I've seen that guy in a bunch of things, mm-hmm. um, and, and but it WKRP did not immediately jump yeah. to mind. Um, but then as soon as I saw that that was yeah. where I was recognizing him from, yeah. then I was like, oh yeah, of course, you know, he was yeah. on that for. I you think mean the WKRP in Cincinnati? Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both versions of it. So. Yeah, I am. Um, like I wish 
that's where my mind immediately went. Mm-hmm. You know, like within the hierarchy of where I would like my mind to go, I would like it to go to like WKRP in Cincinnati. And then like, if not that, then like the Maytag repair oh, yeah. type thing, you know, one of those two things, but it's not, those are second and third place. The first thing I think of whenever I see Gordon jump is him, you know, molesting Dudley on different strokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it sounds far creepier when you <laughs> pervert the word molesting <laughs> to a new version. <laughs> it almost sounds like it's something specific to that character. Like he does it in a special way <laughs> that, that differentiates him from your normal run-of-the-mill molester. <laughs> See, the fact that you can just consider, man, yeah, just run-of-the-mill molesters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that callous approach makes it creepy. <laughs> But I, I think that I'm differentiating between that all molesters are bad. I don't think that you need to separate one out as being the molesterine or. Yeah. or <laughs> but I just think that it's like, like it's just horrible all around and everything like that. That's that's a that's a strong stance to take, Brent. Hot button topic, right? Now. But like, do you also think it's horrible that he chose to molester Dudley instead of Arnold? Like, do you think he's like a racist molester? Uh, you know, I mean, to each his own. So, yeah, the I, heart I, wants what the heart wants. Right, exactly. No matter how corrupt and horrible the heart is, it wants what it wants. Yeah. So, so. I, so anyway, yeah, you know, the molester shows up, and I was like, ooh, this episode got dark. <laughs> but apparently he's rehabilitated. <laughs> Are there any other actors that you can think of that became synonymous with the name brand, but that also had a real acting career? Like, you know, like there's mm. Flo from Progressive, and yeah. you know, I know she was a, you know, a pretty good stand-up comic prior yeah. to becoming Flo. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else outside yeah. of that. Like the, the T-Mobile girl. Oh, She's yeah. popped up in a few things, mm-hmm. but beyond that, no, I think definitely. But I guess, I mean, he was, I think he was well-known before he was the Maytag man. Right. You know. So. Jan from Toyota. I haven't really, I mean, I know she's, she's done other, other things, things, but. Do you remember who? way back in the day, um, the Isuzu commercials? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one. He, and he Joe was, Isuzu, yeah. yeah. And he was actually like a regular cast member, I think, on Empty Nest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. The Golden Girl spinoff. Yeah. David Leisure. I thought that would be a good tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I think you're right. There, I had something that's along the same lines. Wasn't he from Indiana, too? That I don't yeah, know. I think, sure. he was an, I think he was a Hoosier. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know who this Jan is. But. Oh, she sits behind a desk. It's not a very exciting job. No. Okay. Yeah, and the commercials aren't that great either. It's surprising to me that they've kept her as a spokesperson. I mean, I guess we, we recognize her, so there is that. <laughs> um, at least a couple, two of the three of us do. Yeah. But um, they don't know. They're looking over at Geico and Progresso saying, what do we have? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> they done used Bigfoot? They've got a gecko? <laughs> Cavemen? What's left? I don't know. I feel like we should be getting some sponsorship money for this episode, considering all right. the uh, company names we've dropped so far. But cha-ching, cha-ching. Nary a penny will come in. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I do think Toyotathons become too commercialized, though. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Forgotten the reason for the season. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel like Toyotathon used to be about, you know, I don't know, Lee Iacocca? Or <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it was for the 11 days between the anniversary of his birth and the anniversary of his death. Oh. <laughs> and everybody was supposed to have their headlights at a half, half exactly. lamp. Half lamp? <laughs> yeah. Parking lights only. Right. Right. 
Their dimmer switch. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, like many, many great occasions, it does get commercialized. So I personally don't uh, celebrate Toyota Thine. Oh, do you not? I'm a, I'm a happy Honda Days guy. <laughs> so, so you like something that's a little more for all the people and not, not as exclusive. More seasonal. Yeah. More seasonal. Oh, okay. It's got a theme. <laughs> In my heart of hearts, I was hoping you were going to say it was because you were a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> 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 or that you don't worship false idols. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, and just really take it in like a hardcore religious direction. Like <laughs> in slow motion. You heathens could have your Toyota thons. <laughs> but when God's reckoning, or when Jehovah's reckoning. It's just like in, in slow motion, saw you going towards the joke I was not quick enough to make on my own. <laughs> You know, you still pulled it off after the fact. Yeah. I think. <laughs> See, and that's that's where, you know, Ski had king shit there for a while <laughs> with the recap, even trying to hook people in for yeah. later in the episode. But, you know, Brent has to take yeah. it away from him. It's it's the circle of life. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, back to the lanai. Right. That's Oh, we need to make a song called that. Back to the lanai? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll put you in charge of that. All right, so... You know, the the neighbor, Mr. Barton, his stance is obviously that the tree is not his. He explains that the tree is on their property and it's their responsibility. His wife then comically joins the group and uh, immediately shouts, Oh my goodness, our tree fell into your yard. Exactly. Obi Award winning actress yeah. Peggy Pope. <laughs> Mr. Barton tells her to shut up. Oh, go ahead. Did you not, did you guys look up Peggy Pope? I did look her up, but I didn't. I guess I didn't look up her her awards that she had received. What was that specific award for? I <laughs> so you just know she won an award, but you don't even know what it was for. Was I just felt shame for not looking her up. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the play for which she won the Obie. Oh, okay. Um, but I do remember that she won it for portraying a prostitute ah. whose signature move was the. <laughs> was the Chinese basket job <laughs> because that immediately sent me to Urban Dictionary depending on what, what a Chinese basket job was. Well, what was the Chinese basket job? We should earn this explicit rating. <laughs> so it is, I thought I had the name of the play right there. So anyways, Peggy Pope, uh, you know, Mr. Horton's wife, she was a prostitute whose specialty was the Chinese basket job in which a woman sits in a basket suspended from the ceiling with the bottom cut out. The basket is then lowered and then spun around so that the vagina spins freely around the penis. I think they're playing fast and loose with spinning freely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless it's the end of her shift. All right. <laughs> I really don't know about that. Yeah, I think we rotating slowly around the penis. Yeah. But. but then Phil, back in July 29th, 2003, when he made this entry, his little short story that goes along with it was, I got my first Chinese basket job by a Taiwanese hooker for a nickel and a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to you, Phil. That's a, that's a nice little sentence. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, though, by mixing the Chinese basket job with the Taiwanese hooker, then it starts to become racist. Mm. I think it makes a, it too political, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. But well, then it's like you're lumping all people from you know the. Well, no, I mean, you know, it would have been really bad if they were if they made it Tibet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I mean, <clears throat> you know, the worker herself was Taiwanese, mm-hmm. 
but the service was Chinese. Right. It would be like, you know, it would be racist if he was like, oh, you know, some Chinaman stole my legs in Korea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Big Lebowski. (laughs) Well, I'll just take your word on that. Uh, (laughs) So, but anyways, so we're two for two when it comes to amazingly talented actors. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into Big Daddy yet. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mr. Barton you know, tells his wife <laughs> to, to shut up, and Dorothy uh, kind of diplomatically suggests, you know, their neighbors, why not mm-hmm. split their repair costs? And uh, he flatly re- and uh, quickly returns them down. Do you th- I mean, do you think that was, like, do you think that was the nice thing for her to do, or the right thing for her to do, or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that it was a decent thing for her to do anyway, yeah. and you know. Ironically, with this episode, we literally just had a tree fall down in our yard mm-hmm. um, very recently, like right within a week before us, mm-hmm. me watching this one. And we had some people come in. Now, granted, they gave us a good price, but to take down two enormous trees, um, very tall dead trees, it was 300 bucks a tree mm-hmm. to, to take, you know, to fell them. And mm-hmm. um, now they did not haul it off, but mm-hmm. still, the, by far the more dangerous part yeah. is taking the tree down. Yeah. So I was thinking, this is. 30 years prior to this, how much would it have cost to have someone come and haul off the tree? It wasn't even really that big a tree. Right, exactly. I mean, you probably could have come, I mean, Grant, he's, you know, not a young guy, but he probably would be able to have a few friends come over to help him lift it off or chainsaw off. I'm sure it's not super light. It's a tree. Right. I mean, uh, just from the uh, shot that they, you know, the scene that they showed, it was not, I mean, some palm trees are enormous. Yeah. This one was not. (laughs) Well, it just shows what an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The neighbor yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it was small enough. To, it was small enough to fit out on Lanai. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it didn't damage their <laughs> and house. partly through it. Yeah. Right. So. So yeah, he turns her flat down, and uh, Sophia then insulted raises her hand, kind of similar to the bullhorns mm-hmm. signal, and uh, places a Sicilian curse on him called the evil eye, mm-hmm. uh, and she claims that uh, he'll have no peace until he fixes this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he storms off, upset. Uh, Dorothy then kind of turns to her mother and says that she's only making the situation worse and that uh, the curse doesn't work. And Sophia, you know, says she insists that of course it does and she's used it successfully in the past, uh, quoting the Baltimore Colts and New York Jets, 1969. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I knew a little bit about this. Did you guys look it up or I've got a little note if you want me. Well, I knew that was the Joe Namath Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, It was. And so, you know. I know that the Jets won that particular one, mm-hmm. um, Super Bowl three, I think it was, mm-hmm. but uh, past that. And, and of course, you know, it's the Baltimore Colts, but, you know, we're here in Indianapolis, so same franchise, just, uh, right. you know. So, yeah, the, the underdog Jets, they were actually hi- highly, uh, or they were not favored to win at all, led by Joe Namath, were defeated by the heavily favored Colts. Uh, oh, final wow. score, 16-7 to in Super Bowl three, which was actually the first game called the Super Bowl. And so it was uh, another additional uh, little tidbit was it was played in the Orange Bowl in Miami. So was that Johnny Unitas for the Colts? Yeah, well, well actually, Johnny Unitas came in later for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he was not the starting quarterback. No, he had gotten injured that season. Like, in the preseason, he had been injured. Oh, okay. I think been out what? basically the whole season. And uh, their quarterback, I can't remember his name, but the quarterback for the Colts had won the MVP that year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a good quarterback, too. Yeah. 
but he had thrown three interceptions. So mm-hmm. late in the game, they brought Unitas in. Yeah, fourth he, quarter, and he scored their only touchdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess there was some controversy that game where they could have gone for a field goal late in the game, mm-hmm. and had they made the field goal, had a chance to possibly come back, but for whatever reason, the coach uh, decided to not go for the field goal then, and mm-hmm. they missed whatever touchdown opportunity, and that basically closed out the game. But, yeah, one of the biggest upsets in the history of sports, mm-hmm. professional sports at least. Mm-hmm. I know in last week's episode when we discussed 1969, mm-hmm. it was in relation to Woodstock, and yeah. that was my moment to shine. And now this week, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. your guys'. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, in all fairness, I mean, both of us are talking more from, uh, you know, hearing about it, given that it was 10 years before our births. <laughs> <laughs> but, but still, it is, a, it is nice that it's a famous enough game that it still, you mm-hmm. know, is known today. Yeah. And so uh, we'll have we to watch it someday. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, with all the fact that the sports are shut down because mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus, yeah. they're doing all these classic games online or yeah. on TV and stuff. So, I'm going to follow baseball. If, oh, are you? if it ever comes back, mm-hmm. yeah. Why baseball? I love baseball. The early, I, I, mean, I followed it as a lad. Mm. See, I was never. I've never been able to get into spectating when it comes to baseball. I mean, I enjoyed mm-hmm. playing when I was a kid. I played little yeah. league, uh, but. It was just never one. It was always a little too slow paced for me. Yeah. So it was, um, that was just one of my like, daily rituals. Um, you know, I'd get the sports section, I'd go through the box scores and I could like literally recreate the entire game by mm-hmm. looking at the box score. Oh. Cause like if you, I mean, if you study it long enough, you can be like, oh, okay. So obviously if he had three hits and he had two hits that he must've been batting third and he must've been batting fourth and you can just, it's like a Sudoku puzzle. Mm. So really, it was more of an intellectual pursuit for you than it was the actual sport of the game. Correct. They're boring as hell to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really love going to baseball games. Yeah. I never really got into watching on TV. Yeah. I was definitely more of a uh, basketball and football guy for mm-hmm. television type sports, but yeah. I like going to baseball games. Yeah. We generally see the Indians like once or twice a season, and I always wish that we'd see them more because I do like watching them live and in person. Mm-hmm. Well, the stadium is really pretty, too. So it's beautiful. Makes it makes it a nice trip. Uh, yeah, I think Victory Field is like one of my five favorite places in Indianapolis. Back when they played in Bush Stadium, mm-hmm. actually one of my favorite uh, baseball memories mm-hmm. is it was really broken down. Like yeah. this was near the end of their tenure there. Yeah. Uh, you, Alan, might have been with us. I know it was me, James, Danny, and Lance. Oh, okay. And There's at some a point, chance I would have been there, too. At some point, we were wandering around the uh, – very dilapidated stadium in the back where they just had like a, a shopping cart <laughs> like sitting around. It's, I don't know why, but we decided to get in it and push our push, push each other around. <laughs> the, um, the one t-shirt that I own that still fits that has a professional athlete on it. Um, that athlete is uh, Mr. Razor Shines. Really? Woo-hoo. I think yeah. this is the second time Razor Shines has been mentioned on this podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the next time we record, I will try to wear my Razor Shines T-shirt. Okay, I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Do you think he'll give us some money too for, for sponsorship? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that uh, Razor Shines will see a big uptick in his popularity <laughs> after this. Uh, yeah, exactly. These couple episodes that have mentioned him. He's like, "Woohoo! I'm back in it!" <laughs> right. Exactly. And unfortunately, I think um, he currently has a Ford dealership, so he stopped listing when we're <laughs> plugging Toyota. <laughs> Does Ford have a have their a thong? I don't. I don't even know if he has a Ford dealership. Yeah. For the you sake did of mention Lee Iacocca. He was with Ford too. Yeah, he was. He was uh, like Ford and GM. He had nothing to do with Toyota. Hey, listen, Toyota can still pay tribute. All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
You know, you guys could have neither one mentioned that, and there's a good chance that a lot of, well, a lot of our 15 people that listen to this show. Oh, we're a not top even... 40 podcast. <laughs> I just mentioned he was associated with Ford. We're definitely one of the top 40 podcasts recorded in this basement. <laughs> <laughs> I've started to refer to us as a, a top 40 podcast just because we've topped 40 downloads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like we, it. We've topped 500 downloads uh, in the court, and by this time this comes out in you know a couple months, We'll probably be, you know, shooting in the six to seven hundred range. Nice. So nice. That's pretty crazy. I'd like to thank each and every one of you. <laughs> you probably could very easily. <laughs> <laughs> Adams, comma Gary. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any listeners in Miami that you're aware of? Well, it, it or does it just say Florida? Yeah, it just says Florida. We do have at least a, you know, we've had downloads in Florida for for sure. So chances are good, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's who. Say what? Chances <laughs> are good. Like, who in Florida do you think it's? Oh, no, just, just that we have Miami. a listener. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. that the one listener, one or two listeners <laughs> are from Miami. Yeah. Well, it stands to reason. So. Exactly. Miami tourism board scene. If they're it's a metropolitan area. Exactly. Dade County in the house. All right. So we we kind of close with with. Sophia talking about the uh, the Colts Jets game. Uh, we change scenes. We see Dorothy now entering the house through the front door, uh, telling Rose and Sophia, who are already sitting in the living room, that she had visited the courthouse earlier and obtained a property map, and then the tree was definitely belongs to the neighbor, and that removing it will be his responsibility. <laughs> Sophia then tells them to uh, just stick with the curse. <laughs> uh, Dorothy responds to her mother. Saying, I've stayed with you all these years. <laughs> I didn't catch that joke the first time around. You know, a little dig at uh, yeah. her mom. Yeah, that was probably, I thought this was a good episode, and we'll get to ratings later on, but not a whole lot of great zingers in this one. Agreed. And that, that was actually one of my favorite I thought favorite it was ones. good dialogue, but not a whole lot of, mm-hmm. like, one-liner type things. Right. Yeah. Sophia then, you know, starts to raise her hand, kind of like the, uh, the mm-hmm. evil eye at Dorothy. Uh, but... Uh, then Dorothy kind of glares at her and she backs mm-hmm. down. Uh, then we see Blanche enter and she's wearing this very wide set, I think like a bluish, like almost mm-hmm. almost uh, Baby blue aquamarine yeah. kind of uh, southern dress with uh, like off the shoulders and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, she explains it's just like the one she wore on her Sweet 16 and it was Big Daddy's favorite. Yeah, that, that's... That's probably the creepiest thing about this episode, in my opinion. Because, I mean, that was a pretty busty dress, too. Yeah, I thought it was, I was going to say it was revealing, but then I thought about that. I was like, I don't want to make Big Daddy sound like a total creep. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, you don't have to because Blanche does. <laughs> yeah. Even the name Big Daddy still, though, is just kind of... Yeah, yeah, it feels awkward, especially for a 50-plus-year-old woman to still well, be calling it, her dad that. And doesn't even Dorothy at one point say, I don't know anyone else that calls her dad, their father Big Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> Now, I will say my grandmother, she called her dad daddy and always, you know, up until the day she died, referred mm-hmm. to him as daddy and they yeah. called her mom mother. And it was something about the fact that like her dad was a drunk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a respect thing. Like it wasn't, it was him trying to give respect to the mm-hmm. mom who, yeah. you know, my great grandmother, I guess, yeah. you know, was a ahead of her time as far as working and whatnot. And mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so they always use that. My mom always referred to to her mom as mother also mm-hmm. yeah but uh yeah so i guess there's you know i guess i do know at least one person not big daddy but who did always refer to her father as daddy so how do you feel about husbands who refer to their wives as mother 
not good at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the exact a, same way. Yeah. I also think it's weird when people using a sexual term, the term daddy, like that's a yeah. really odd thing. I don't understand why mm-hmm. that ever became a, yeah. a thing. It just people... seems like you're trying to breed some kind of creepy attitude. Oh, right. It. It's like, how oh, mm-hmm. let's pretend I'm molesting you and that you're related <laughs> to me. Like yeah. I just never, I can't understand that as yeah. a, a term that someone would want to be called in a I sexual concur. way. So, but. Understood. Agreed. Uh, where was I at? Oh yeah. She's wearing this really kind of, provocative dress and she says that's her dad's favorite uh just then the doorbell rings uh blanche good and goes to answer it assuming that it must be her father but then uh, it turns out it's uh the neighbor and uh he kind of just comes right in and uh barges in pointing at sophia saying uh, dorothy starts to explain to him actually she's kind of tries to stop him saying that uh she found out uh, some stuff about the property lines but he stops her and tells him that uh, his tires were flat when he went to go to work this morning. And then it says Sophia must have been the one responsible. Right. And uh, then everybody's like, uh, they kind of dismiss that it's even possible. So, you know, she would not have done that. But it's really not outside the realm of possibility, though, <laughs> that Sophia would go out there and let the. Oh, yeah, not at all. No, I mean, it was definitely a reasonable assumption. Yeah. That, <laughs> Especially whether, after the day before, whatever, mm-hmm. she put the curse on him. Yeah. Now, I do think it was odd that he immediately assumes that it's Sophia and not just accuses the entire household mm-hmm. because everybody was pissed off. I mean, I think Dorothy would have been just as likely to go over yeah. and sabotage his vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he's assuming that it's Sophia just to make her curse become. Yeah. You know, reality, but well, anyway, he says, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's done with us. <laughs> he's like, Let me read my words. I'm like, go we're home. over 40 minutes into this episode, and we <laughs> haven't even made it through act two yet. Well, he says that if he ever catches on his, on his property, he's gonna call the cops on her. Like I said, the girls kind of dismissed it as must have been a coincidence and that she had nothing to do with it. Uh, Dorothy then kind of continues what she was saying before, trying to explain that the tree is on his side of the line. Uh, he takes the map from her to look at it, then quickly tears it up and leaves saying, you know, sue me. <laughs> and then uh, Dorothy retorts back, we will. And uh, the doorbell then rings again, like after he just leaves. Still furious at, you know, what just happened, Dorothy opens the boor- door angrily. I think she says something along the lines of, what now, mouth or something? Is that yeah, what she said? Something, something along those lines. And yeah. that was like paraphrasing something that Sophia had said earlier to uh, Mr. Barton. Uh, but this time, uh, it is not Mr. Barton. It is Blanche's father. And, uh, of course, she kind of accidentally yells at him right in front of his face, assuming it was the, the neighbor. He politely then takes off his hat and responds, back home, most people start off with, how do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely the most stereotypical yes. southern gentleman. He's even yeah. got, like, the... the KFC. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's exactly like Colonel Sanders, just without the facial hair. So, but yeah, neck down, he definitely is rocking the Colonel yeah. Sanders attire. So, three for three, as far as our guest stars go. Yeah, yeah, all three are solid. Yeah. Oh, I do have a. I don't know you guys probably already looked this up too, but uh, so Big Daddy actually makes another appearance later on in the series, mm-hmm. but because the actor that portrayed him in this episode passes mm-hmm. away, they used a different guy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to say. Like, I thought I'd rather this guy died the same year this episode came out. Mm. So I was a little surprised, but, but yeah, they they, they reprise his character, but obviously not the same. I wonder that's 
probably well there are a couple characters get recast aren't there doesn't dorothy have a daughter that gets recast later in the season or series two and i think rose's mom got recast as a midget didn't she did she? I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we get to that point. Because I think this is where it becomes. Like, because previously her parents were normal size, and then she has the dream about her dad being a midget, and now going forward, he is a midget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like they say afterwards, you know, she has a dream about him being a midget, and then somebody's like, "But your father wasn't a midget." She's like, "I know. That's how I knew it was a dream, or something mm. like that." Right. And now this episode, you know, she mentioned. I assume he's a midget because he's dressed in a mayonnaise jar. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it implies that he's tiny. <laughs> so I didn't even catch that. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, and so when you saw Big Daddy and like looked at his, you know, credits and all that sort. What jumped out at you is like being, oh, well, this man deserves my respect. Oh, probably Jaws for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it, it's one of the, I don't know. I don't know if you'd call it a horror or not. I mean, I guess it's a horror, but. Uh, horror action kind of. Yeah. Suspense. Yeah, suspense. suspense thriller. But, I mean, it's yeah. a classic, you know. Yeah. So what, what jumped out at you? Is there one in particular? The Graduate. Oh, The Graduate. Yeah. Fair enough. Another so. definite classic movie. Mm-hmm. So. But I have seen Jaws more recently than The Graduate. So. And he was in two. Uh, two um, Jaws and Jaws too, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Jawses, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those Jaws. So we got uh, Blanche's dad at the door there. Big Daddy. She <laughs> she rushes over to uh, greet him and give him a big hug. How do? Uh, he instantly showers her with several compliments about how pretty she looks, and then uh, he walks over to Sophia, and uh, kind of gives her a little kiss on the hand, a little southern as well, mm-hmm. and uh, begins to compliment her. And uh, she dismisses the flattery, saying, uh, you uh, need to wear boots to listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite lines of the show. Yeah, that was, again, not a lot of zingers, but that was another good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she ex- she quickly exits the room at that point. Uh, Blanche then introduces Rose and Dorothy. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy kind of apologizes for the rude way that she had answered the uh, door previously. And, uh, and he assures her that's no problem. Mm-hmm. And she does have a kind of good line I didn't write it down, but uh, he says something that uh, promise me you won't fret none. Mm-hmm. And she says, I, I would, but I don't know what a fret none is. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I think that's pretty, even though if, you, if you're not Southern or anything, you don't have to know what fret means. Yeah, well, it almost ended up being like a shitty comment. because Almost an insult, yeah. <laughs> anybody, with, number one, I think it's a common enough uh, phrase that someone would, Mm-hmm. certainly know and they would at the very least be able to uh, ascertain what it is based yeah. on context <laughs> so. well and then she was just apologizing and <laughs> yeah and then and then balls it up by you know kind of good, insulting and about a very good way. apology yeah yeah I mean, it's just a double standard i mean he's using these southern colloquialisms you know and she's sort of mocking him for it you know but I mean, Sophia talks, you know, with like little, you know, Italian expressions all the time. Yeah, right. And she doesn't have a problem with that, but because he's Southern, she's allowed to be dismissive of him. Well, yeah, yeah and one thing I didn't bring up, but earlier, mm-hmm. uh, so he, so Big Daddy even says, you know, that he thinks a beautiful Italian woman, women mm-hmm. should be, uh, you know, admired. Mm-hmm. And previously, when uh, Mr. Barton comes over. Uh, Sophia kind of gives him some lip back saying, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to pay for this when he's insulting to him. Yeah. And he says something along the lines of, you Italians sure are fiery or something. Yeah. And both Sophia and Dorothy are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You're insulting our, our 
you know, heritage here. Yeah, well, I think there was a difference between, like they said, you know, he said it was such disdain. Yeah. That Big Daddy was, you know, being complimentary or at least attempting to. Yeah, I don't well, think Well, no, but would... I'm saying she took offense to someone calling her Italian heritage, mm-hmm. but then she's almost happily insulting his southern heritage uh, with the way he spoke. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, I'm tracking with you so, now. Yeah, so no, I agree. I'm just kind of going on the lines of the double standard, like I don't know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Blanche yeah. asked him to come kind of calling the kettle. Say what? A pot calling the kettle something. <laughs> Blanche asks him to kind of sit down and relax, but he tells her that he can't stay, and he has some business he needs to attend to, and it's a surprise. Uh, Blanche assumes that he bought her a gift, right? Mm-hmm. You know. I assumed he had a new wife or a fiance. Yeah, so I thought it was going to be, and it was going to be someone who was younger than Blanche. Exactly. You know, like someone who'd be like Blanche's daughter's age or something exactly. along those that lines. That would have been cool. I don't yeah. like that. That would have been funny. Exactly. Blanche would have taken that so well. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've already seen, uh, you know, Stan trade way down in age. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, in, the, in another recent episode, uh, Sophia brought a very young man to the banquet with her. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about that a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> I am so. pleased to be here. <laughs> yeah. Now, thinking about it a lot, that it's uh, odd that she took the young man, about how homely the young man is, but that she, you know, lauded his uh you know how much more handsome he is than other old men are yeah <laughs> i guess it's one of those things that back in 1986 they had yet to invent you know half your age plus seven uh, <laughs> they also don't think had the cougar back then either That's so true. you know it was definitely more unusual back in the mm-hmm. early well, mid 80s you know in that episode they also talked about don johnson was supposed to be there mm. Well, he didn't show up, did he? And no. so the guy looked a little bit better because Don Johnson wasn't there. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. He didn't have that, that comparison. <laughs> so that's why Raul. By non-comparison, right? Yeah. Were we just saying that Raul's not that attractive? Well, yeah, but I think he's saying that Raul's more attractive when not compared to Don Johnson. It would have been more. <laughs> it would have been more I think pronounced we're on all the All more attractive when not compared to Don Johnson. <laughs> well, yeah, unless you're Don Johnson. That's <laughs> true. Good old Nash Bridges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys seen Knives Out? You've seen Knives yeah, Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's holding up pretty well. Yeah, he is. So. I like that movie. That was good. It's so good. <laughs> um, so Blanche assumes that he bought her a gift, but he admits that no, he had not bought her anything. And then she's kind of like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's like, I showed you my cleavage for nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he continues by saying that he wasn't really planning to tell her this yet, because obviously it was supposed to be a surprise, but that he'll be singing at the Sagebrush Club tomorrow night uh, and wants them all to come and watch. Uh, Rose and Dorothy kind of been poking fun the whole time about mm-hmm. the very stereotypical Southern uh, conversation they were having. Uh, at this point, Blanche seems instantly let down by the fact that uh, of the idea of her father singing, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little bit unsupported right off the bat. Yeah, it did mm-hmm. seem odd. Now I get it once he gets a little further into yeah. telling her the tale, but early she on, instantly yeah, she shuts shits it down. on it like immediately. Yeah. Like it could just be a hobby. Like he could be like, you know what? I want. I came to town. I wanted to sing for you. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know anything else at that point. Yeah. She's just like, no. No, no singing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and unless he's been singing her whole life to where he, she knows really he's bad. limited, yeah, mm-hmm. then you'd at least want to give him a chance. I, exactly. I mean, if my parent, my 70-year-old parent came home and <laughs> told me they wanted to you know, perform on stage, I would be 100% in support of that now. You know? Yeah, it could be karaoke for all she knows, but I don't know. Was karaoke around back then? Well, yeah, I'm sure it was. but Yeah, but wouldn't Big Daddy be like 80, though? 
Yeah, probably so. Yeah, because <laughs> so. it wasn't well. Blanche was she the middle or the youngest? Uh, she, she's like fifty-five, right? Well, I mean, of the of her sisters, I I, I don't remember. Okay. I think so. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Big Daddy though would be at the very least pushing eighty. So. Yeah. Clint Eastwood yeah. turned ninety the other day. Who did? Clint Eastwood. Oh, really? Sunday. Wow. That was our Sunday, not the listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good distinction. Like, no, it wasn't. Exactly. Clint Eastwood turned 98 weeks ago. <laughs> I just looked it up. Yeah. This, this podcast is as honest as the day is long. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> so uh, he assures her that uh, he'll explore, explain more about it as uh, you know, a little bit later. And then he heads out. And then uh, Blanche then turns the girls it, it and tells like, them. Leave a key under the mat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed odd. Yeah, he says he'll be back. Uh, Blanston turns to girls and says that she's very concerned about her father singing and that uh, it doesn't make any sense. Dorothy says she's overreacting and should just talk to her dad if she's really that worried. Uh, she kind of begrudgingly agrees and then just kind of heads back to her room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the we then change uh, scene and we see uh, it's late at night. The uh, house is dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanston's father enters and she's been sleeping on the couch, kind of waiting up for him. He turns on the light and they sit to talk. He tells her that he wants to sing her a new song that he's been working on. She explains that uh, she's a little concerned about him singing, that uh, it sounds like a new career for him. And he responds, well, it is. Then he sings her this song. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's fairly unimpressive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except for about four or five people in the audience. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did enjoy the fact that he uh, rhymes the words living and Give them. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's very unfinished. It's, it's yeah. definitely need to, to do some uh, finishing touches on the... You know, but if you listen to some of those old country western singers, I mean... They're really it, kind of on par. Yeah, I mean, as far as voice goes and whatnot, you never know. I yeah. mean, he writes one good song and he could be, you know, a late bloomer so, <laughs> on the country if he's good, If he's really good at guitar, too. Yeah. Really, uh, kind of mask subpar singing. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he sings a song and it's not great. While he strums his guitar, the guitar work is, eh, it's all right. But he doesn't do a lot of it. There's nothing fancy about it. Yeah, plays better than I do. Blanche does not like it. <laughs> she instantly lets him know, and uh, kind of continues to voice her concerns and worries about uh, these choices he's making, and wants him to go back home. Yeah. But did you guys hear the audience? Just like a couple of them, like applaud when he was done. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure there's got to be that part where you're like, "Do I applaud here?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so they, maybe they didn't see the sign, but they just jumped the gun. <laughs> exactly. And then Blanche is like, "You're all assholes." That was not a good song. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think they had to cut that scene out when Rue McClanahan turned to the crowd exactly. and admonished them. <laughs> exactly. It's in the special features. All right. Yeah. <laughs> The uncut, the, the director's cut. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Barry Fenario edition. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Terry Hughes. Sorry. But, uh, you know, she wants him to go back home, but then he explains to her that he has sold Twin Oaks, you know, mm-hmm. to have some traveling money. Yeah. And, uh, and then she is instantly hurt by this news, you know, because that's her old, you know, growing up home. Then she they be hurt by the fact that he's not paying for a motel room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... Well, that, that's the one thing that I thought was odd because I can understand her upset feelings, you know, because the fact that, yeah, this childhood home, you know, has been sold. But you get the idea that it's, you know, basically like a manor house, you yeah. know, that it's some sort of a huge, huge yeah. property. Um, did he not 
buy anything to live in afterwards, or is he just like I'm just 100 percent living on the road from I think now I'm on? Living on the road. So, and he does talk yeah. about how you know he's got like this kind of old vision of. Uh, uh, well, he talks about later, I guess. Yeah, steamer trunks and all yeah, that. yeah. But it's like, yeah, like he was the richest man in the town, right? <laughs> you know, and he's obviously flush with cash or whatever, and he's only got you know maybe ten years to get it all spent before he's dead. <laughs> like he should be living it up a little bit nicer than he is. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and you know, the Blanche is doing okay because yeah, yeah, she married money, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and her sisters. Or, no, it was Dorothy's sister that was really, really rich, right? Uh, yeah, Out yeah, that's California. right. But, I mean, you figure Blanche's sister is definitely doing well enough because they were able to go on a, you know, mm-hmm. last-minute trip to Hawaii and then mm-hmm. the Bahamas or something else after that. Gotcha. So, so yeah, good. Blanche's family's doing all right. And the other yeah. one sold a book, right? Oh, well, that's right. And the other one was probably going to die of cancer anyway, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for that golden egg right, to, yeah. to nest. <laughs> Um, so, the golden egg to nest. Oh, that sounds dumb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to be laid. I guess that would be the winner. Well, I don't think anybody's getting the golden egg from Virginia if she yeah. dies. I don't think. Well, the, didn't she have the book though? Right? Did Virginia have a book that she wrote? I thought she was uh, doing a book sign or something in that episode. I, I thought she came to ask uh, Blanche to donate an organ. Yeah, she like needed a kidney. I'm or something. thinking of something else, probably. Yeah, sorry. That's uh, all right. I'll look into it. Book signing. <laughs> there was, I thought I thought one of the uh, siblings came to town and they were selling a book or something. Not that I recall. Yeah. Oh, Maybe you've read Maybe ahead. I'm done. <laughs> so. I mean, um, Blanche claimed that her boyfriend, she met. Yeah, him book I, re- I remember that, but yeah. I thought there was. I don't know. I have to look back into it. I'm probably wrong. Do a control F on your notes on your recaps. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, every, between this, you do, know, do you have digital copies of those, or is the yes? One? Okay, gotcha. Cool. Well, most of them, not yeah. all of them are typed. So that's true. That one, the one I'm thinking was probably early enough that it was handwritten, and well, we still probably have a copy around here. We haven't thrown any of them away. Probably sitting down there. Yep. Yeah, all my two are down there. So you know, they kind of get heated and yelling back and forth, and then it wakes everybody up, and they uh, the girls kind of gather in the living room. Uh, then, you know, looking at the fact that they're all in there, Big Daddy apologized for waking them and that they had to witness this spectacle. Mm-hmm. Upset, he heads for the door. Uh, but before leaving, he kind of stands in the uh, doorway and, yeah. so, you know, muses that the situation is almost a perfect premise for a country song. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he says? Um, if the rain was coming down and there was a lonesome train whistle in the distance. Or <laughs> yeah. Along those lines. Yeah, I think, yeah, soft train whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that's how I should have opened the episode is by using that particular <laughs> yeah. line. No, I think this was my all-time favorite opening. Oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, you do that next time, and I will open with how do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody have to stay tuned for next week. Because, see, that's where Ski's getting the king shit. <laughs> you yeah. know, right there is, again, not only enticing people to stay through this episode, but also until the next one. Exactly. <laughs> see if There's we follow three one the how do. Chomping at the bit. Like, oh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm going to listen to that first two minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like. Does your Nielsen's whatever say if they listen to the bitter end or? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know at what point it counts it as a listen. Like I don't know if somebody listens to two minutes if it counts it mm-hmm. or if uh, they have to listen to a certain point. Yeah. I know I tried the very first episode to see, but I think it's something where it does track it to some extent by IP address. So I don't think like if I just all day was just sitting listening yeah. to it over and over, it's not going to count us for a bunch of extra listens. 
but I think theoretically you could listen to it on different um, mm-hmm. platforms. Like I could listen to it on Stitcher mm-hmm. and Podbean and you know whatever. Or start iTunes. doing like a Spotify round the city like uh, the library tour. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we could maybe get a sponsor or two just by <laughs> <laughs> spending tons of money and gas and yeah, time. This week I will hit five libraries. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We got a thousand downloads this week. Nine hundred and eighty-five yeah. were me. But it's <laughs> <laughs> starting to look good, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sponsors are starting to salivate. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, he leaves. <laughs> the ratings come back. He's like, oh, you're really popular with hobos. <laughs> I know yeah. you guys have followed through with this plan. Yeah, apparently at the IPUI Public Library. <laughs> got a lot of fans. College kids love you guys. Yes, we. that's the uh, demographic we're aiming at. <laughs> right. So uh, we're still in the living room now. And uh, we see Blanche guy turn to the girls and meaning that she feels awful about losing her temper with her dad. And the girls try to kind of console her and suggest that maybe it's not all that serious and maybe her dad's just going through a stage. And then she tells him, you know, what he had re- revealed to her, that this is not just a lighthearted phase and that he had sold their house and their land and, uh, quote, everything he spent his lifetime building. Mm-hmm. But it's really none of her concern, you know. Right. It's the same thing as Rose's daughter, <laughs> you know. Like, all these children seem to think that their parents' fortune is theirs. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it is an odd thing, Um, especially at that time. I I feel like that there was a time when there was more the expectation that a kid gets out on their own and makes Mm -hmm. their own way. And, you know, not that kids don't still do that today, but there's definitely a longer, um, I don't know, incubation period Mm -hmm. before you're expected to be out and, Mm -hmm. you know, supporting yourself fully. Um, But, yeah, you think back then especially you'd be expected to build your own, Mm -hmm. you know, build your own way but yeah then uh, they move to the kitchen and sit down at the table rose brings over a pot for them to get a drink and they all start discussing how they you know see their fathers as a above needing help and not really getting old or frail and then uh, rose kind of shares a story and this is one we talked about a little bit earlier (laughs) about her father pulling a giant tuna float Mm -hmm. uh, in a parade and he was uh, supposed to be pulling a float with a tractor while wearing a giant well I don't know if it's a giant, but a mayonnaise jar costume. Yeah. Uh, but he ended up having to pull it by hand. Yeah. It, but yeah, he was the only one who could fit in the mayonnaise right. jar. Right, yeah, which kind of lends credence to what you were saying about him being yeah. a, a, a small person. Um, but uh, Blanche talks about how her dad, you know, she didn't have one set memory about him, but always remembers him being there for her when she gets in trouble, mm-hmm. which was frequently, and uh, mm-hmm. that she didn't really think about the day when she would then have to take care of him. Yeah. Now, even though you've kind of moved on from Toyotathon, um, <laughs> I do think that <laughs> celebrating the life of a Honrick Van Anderdonen uh, <laughs> should definitely be something you add into your, you know, annual celebrations. Yeah, so. sounds too German to me. Does <laughs> it? Well, I mean, the accomplishment of being the first man to can tuna in its own juices uh, <laughs> <laughs> should uh, and you and, and found the context. Of, Right. So Were the like, sailors using their own juices previously? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Maybe they used to can it in salt water, and then they decided that, no, it needs it. So it's she awesome. said that was what that was the, the founder of St. Olaf, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the whole the whole festival was in honor of him. <laughs> the giant tuna. What would you say it was made out of? Do you remember? Well, what? Oh, just flowers, I thought, didn't she, or something yeah, like, like that? Yeah, she said a specific flower, but I yeah. like... 
Now, if if Magnolia he was, or that sounds right. Yeah. I want to say you're probably right. It's well, if the man's known for canning the tuna in their own juices, really should they have the mayonnaise? I mean, doesn't that seem to kind of does kinda, seem sacrilegious? Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like you should just enjoy the tuna with its own juices and not have to add your mayonnaise to <laughs> I mean, make it a salad. If you're making tuna salad, there's mayonnaise involved. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, if you're celebrating a man who pioneered, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> utilizing the juices of the tuna, yeah. it seems like you should uh, <laughs> forego the the accoutrement. Yeah. So, um, so like. For the longest time, canned tuna was pink, you know, um, and then the they started introducing like the white tuna that we know and love the today. The albacore, yeah, tuna? yeah, yeah. Um, but it did not take off at all, and like the like the white tuna people or whatever were going out of business because they just could not get anybody to you know purchase their white tuna because everybody knew and loved the pink tuna or whatever. So they changed their um, marketing campaign to, uh, you know, whatever, um, guaranteed to never turn pink. And people were like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> so they started buying that, <laughs> assuming there was something wrong with the pink tuna. Awesome. And then the pink tuna people went out of business. <laughs> and so that's how wow, we, that's that's we dirty. have tuna today. <laughs> wow, that's, that's masterful marketing right yeah. there. Exactly. <laughs> you want to hear another pink fish story that's kind of gross? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see where this goes. Let me pull up the UrbanDictionary.com. <laughs> so, um, well, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but I guess naturally salmon is pink in the wild, and it's based on their diet, right? Mm-hmm. Or their, their meat is. Yeah. But a lot of the salmon that people eat now is all farmed. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the farmed fish are fed like a cornmeal type mm-hmm. like compound, right? And their meat is naturally gray, yeah, so then they have to die. Yeah, the... it looks kind of gross because it's just a gray fish, right? And so yeah, they use like uh, some kind of food coloring to make it pinkish. Yeah, I know that this. I'm probably did you by chance get that bit of information from Adam's ruins everything? Oh, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this I think is that, awesome. That same episode, he was talking about how the uh, orange ruffy used to be called the slime head. Um, right, but no I remember one would that. Want to order a slime yeah. head for their meal, so they <laughs> changed the, the name, name for yeah. convenience, and that's the awesome mar- marketing right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's intelligent to do. So, <laughs> so are we, have we finished Act 2 at this point? Uh, yeah, we're actually just changing uh, scene again. Okay. So she says she didn't think about the time when she had to take care of him. Uh, we changed scene. The girls are now in the living room. And uh, Rose is inviting Sophia to join them because they're going to uh, see Blanche's father perform. Uh, She sarcastically declines, as she does. Uh, The doorbell then rings, and the neighbor enters, Mm -hmm. uh, asking to talk to the witch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He goes over to Sophia and kind of gets down on his knees and begs her to remove the curse, explaining the craziness that has been kind of consuming his life for the last few days. Mm -hmm. He explains that he's... uh, Missing his golf clubs, his clock started the wrong time, he can't sleep or eat, and we had found out previously from a, his wife just seconds ago that he has a boil on his rear end. <laughs> she agrees to remove the curse if he takes off the, you know, removes the tree. Uh, he quickly agrees and then kind of heads for the door uh, after she does her little mm-hmm. hand wave. I think there was a funny little thing where she covers her mouth too. Yeah. He's like, is, does that mean it's done? He's like, she says, no, it means I shouldn't have asparagus for dinner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Then uh, she removes the curse. He heads for the door. He, uh, his wife stays behind, though, and apologizes to the girls for the way her husband's horrible mm-hmm. behavior has been kind of yeah. just damaging their, their, you know, 
their neighborly uh, relationship. Uh, revealing, and then she reveals to the girls that she was the one responsible for most of these, you know, maladies that he's been suffering through. Yeah. And she says, except for the boil, that was just luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Barton then kind of comes back in and tells the girls that, you know, if there's anything you can do to, quote, improve the relationship by helping in some way, he'd be happy to do so. Did it seem like half the audience thought he was being salacious? Well, he kind of gives them the eyebrow, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he definitely seemed like he'll service the ladies if that will help <laughs> smooth things over. Yeah. Yeah. And Dorothy does ask him to do one favor for her. She says, the next time you go out in your road mm-hmm. to get the newspaper, wear your shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she wants him to actually be less salacious, not more so. <laughs> And so once again, through no fault of his own, he ends up being cast as a sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that qualify as a sex offender if you... Uh, Flash yourself? Well, if you do it unintentionally. I guess not. Okay. So I did have another fun fact about this scene. Okay. So I don't know if you guys noticed this at all. Uh, so Mrs. Barton is actually wearing earrings oh. in, this, uh, in this scene. Uh, she's wearing like actually large, like square, colorful mm-hmm. ones. But then halfway through the scene... Mm-hmm. They disappear. Yeah. So they had like a bad continuity issue. I'm not sure why no one would have caught that on their end because yeah. it's a pretty big difference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was too busy looking for a basket. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, the uh, little oopsie on their end. We change scene now, and the girls are actually entering the, uh, the cowboy club, the uh, what's it called, the sagebrush club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose is excited to see all the uh, – the, she says, all, are these real cowboys? <laughs> Dorothy, of course, sarcastically agreeing with her and uh, points out how, yeah, yeah, you can tell because they all wear cowboy hats, drink wine spritzers, and drive Volvos. Uh, Dorothy suggests to Blanche that she ask about finding their table, you know, because it's her dad that they're going to see. But Blanche kind of insists that, you know, I've never been here before, but then is immediately greeted by two men who know her by name uh, and obviously recognize her. She then has kind of tries to cover up her uh, lie, saying that she thinks that, uh, oh, yeah, the museum had its Christmas party here. It seems odd to me that in sometimes Blanche completely owns her, you know, <laughs> her adventurous nature. Um, and then at other times she acts very coy about it. Um, it just seems surprising that she wouldn't, you know, I don't know if she looked down on this particular, you know, honky-tonk or what. Maybe. <laughs> but it does seem odd that she isn't just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here all the time. All the boys, you know, are excited to see me when I come in type of a thing. Right. But maybe Because they wants, seem to be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she wants to downplay it since she knows Big Daddy is there. Maybe. Yeah. So. She's the one he's, she's there to see. Right. I'm surprised she didn't wear her dress. Yeah. <laughs> it is his favorite after all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, so... Uh, the girls then hear a loud noise from the back, and Blanche explains that they have a mechanical cow back, or mechanical bull rather, back there. Rose doesn't understand what she would do with a mechanical bull, and Dorothy explains that you introduce it to a mechanical cow. Blanche asks the man who's cleaning the table right there, which yeah. he's also a well-known actor, right? What's his name? Gary Grubbs. Yep. They ask him if uh, if, if he, they're on line, or no, sorry, on a list for reservations. Uh, he kind of looks at the list in his pocket, and he doesn't have their name. Uh, but then Blanche suggests that he uh, it might be under Hollingsworth, you know, yeah. her dad's name. And the man realizes that they're there for Big Daddy Hollingsworth. Mm-hmm. And he kind of continues to tell them that, you know, after his first show, which was earlier that night, 
that the club had canceled his booking did not go well. Seems like they would have auditioned him first. Yeah, yeah, at least <laughs> listen to some tape or, yeah. or something of him that would have given him an well, indication. Yeah. I kind of wonder if they had listened to him, but the show had gone over so poorly with the audience. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, they don't like him at all. We don't know talent at all. (laughs) (laughs) We were wrong. I thought it was We done gambled wrong, folks. Right, yeah, gambled and lost. Uh Well, it it is pretty bad if they cancel a show that you would assume they advertised a show for the second (laughs) one, and then they're basically just like, you're better off seeing nothing than (laughs) seeing who we had planned. Exactly. (laughs) Welcome to the sagebrush. Y'all dodged a bullet tonight. Right, yeah, exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the tickets you had purchased for the show, you can convert those to one free drink at the bar. So. Exactly. <laughs> or a free ride on the electric bull. Right. Your choice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was funny that it seemed like this was a cosplaying bar because it wasn't just that the people were <laughs> dressed up in the country of Western. It's like they were acting now. And this is in Miami, Florida. Yeah, so. it, was, it was comically dressed up as cowboys. Right. Well, and I understand. Yeah, I know in country Western bars, a lot of people do, you know, dress up to fit the, the part, if you will. But I don't think they also go around speaking with a drawl and things of that nature to, <laughs> you know, to Howdy carry there, it on. Ma'am. It's almost like they went into like medieval times or something like that, <laughs> but the country western version of it. So, it's a good. That's a good analogy. I like that. Do you have a favorite Gary Grubbs role? No, he, he's one of those actors who has been in so many things mm-hmm. and very. I mean, immediately recognize like, oh, I've seen that guy and stuff before, yeah. but still, not someone who I think that you would immediately associate mm-hmm. with one specific gotcha. thing. Did you have something that stood out for you that you're like, oh, yeah, I love him in this? Uh, JFK. Oh, okay. He was one of the district attorneys mm. in Kevin Costner's office. I know that as far as like TV shows, he was on quite a few, and I think Will and Grace was probably his most recent popular show that he I think he's on 11 episodes of that and uh, he was on like I think 12 episodes of a show called Common Law that I think only lasted a season but 10 12 episodes of several different you know several different shows and then just a million other you know movies and TV yeah, parts like and things like that small parts and stuff yeah, think, role. Yep. now JFK that was an Oliver Stone movie wasn't it? I don't <laughs> yeah. think I ever saw that one oh, yeah, it's so really good did, it did it win awards yeah yeah I think it won lots of them it deserved it. I mean it's so amazingly good Maybe I'll look it up. Is this you have any idea if it's on Netflix or anything? Or um, that I who can say, right? Know. Yeah, um, I don't believe that it is because I'm pretty sure it's a Warner Brothers movie. Okay, they and got. They, they don't have a lot of them on there. Gotcha. So. But it is available to uh, to buy on Amazon, and if you use our affiliate link, then <laughs> <laughs> we have an Amazon affiliate link. No, we don't. I think any, isn't anything available on Amazon? More or less, uh, yeah. Two ninety nine on Prime Video. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> well, we probably got free then. <laughs> yeah. yeah if it's on Prime it on Demand. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's on On Demand, but nah, oh, oh, never mind. So, Two ninety nine. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it does not look like it's streaming any place. Gotcha. Well, anyway, back to uh, <laughs> so big amazingly old good. Big Daddy losing his booking there. Mm-hmm. I would do a JFK podcast. With you guys, but only the movie. Oh, just the movie. (laughs) So so we wouldn't like go about the life and times of JFK or other things related. We just just scene by scene each week. (laughs) How many episodes do you think we could stretch? And I know JFK is a relatively long movie, isn't it? Um, How many episodes do you think we could stretch that into? I would say that I bet there's maybe 60, 65 scenes. Hmm. 
Now, then we also do uh, like deleted scenes, things of that nature, special content from the Blu-ray release or whatnot. No, but I do think like we would do the director's cut. Oh, okay. It's like an extra 20 minutes or something like that. So well, it's probably not going to happen, but at least it's another idea in the <laughs> hopper for when we get through another 156 episodes of this. <laughs> exactly. Just a hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, Blanche heads backstage to talk to her father. Uh, another man then kind of uh, approaches uh, Dorothy and Rose and introduces himself. He's wearing, of course, the full cowboy gear. Uh, Dorothy quickly shuts him down and turns him away. However, he quickly rebounds and approaches another lady right kind of nearby them. Uh, then we see Blanche find her father in a small room, uh, kind of collecting his things. Uh, she tells Big Daddy that she's so sorry hearing about you know the canceled show. He reassures her that, uh, you know, he's okay and the next show will be better. And then he makes a comment. This is probably my favorite uh, line. I don't know why. But he says he shouldn't have uh, tried that Beatles medley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like an odd choice to go with that. <laughs> but then again, I guess if you're still working on your own material and you got to fill in. Yeah, like, Beatles, hey, Beatles got lots of choices, yeah. A lot of people like them. <laughs> so. yeah. um, I mean, I've heard country versions of Beatles songs. And yeah. a lot of times they come out okay. Yeah. Well, but I mean, again, he doesn't really have like the voice or the guitar, you know, skills. Yeah, to pull it off necessarily. Exactly. <laughs> we all live in a yellow submarines. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you totally took him to like a yokel kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I loved about it. <laughs> it's not like if Cletus was singing. <laughs> oh, I like that. I wasn't on board until he got to yell her. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is the best. <laughs> so that's when he sold it to me. So. Well, I'm glad. That's... So perhaps perhaps you should hang it up, sell your house, and get the road. <laughs> uh, my wife may object at the beginning, but once she hears my, you know, my material. Yeah, yeah. The Beatles medley. Well, you could just, you know, let her go the same way as Blanche's mom. <laughs> Elizabeth. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. We're about to find that out. So I guess that's who Blanche was named after. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because her, her, her middle name's Elizabeth. Oh, I don't know. I remember that. Yeah. Blanche Elizabeth Devereux. Bed. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that's ever mentioned in the show? No. Uh, well, I mean, I, maybe at some point, but yeah, like I knew her name was I knew her, her name was Blanche Elizabeth Devereux because I was like, oh, bed. I see what they're doing. <laughs> but then he mentions her mom that's was named so Elizabeth, clever. and I was like, oh, that's where she got it from. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't just them. Well, you know, you never know though. They may have came up with the bed first, yeah. and then thrown in the Elizabeth as Retro-fitted the mom name. It yeah. <laughs> So, you know, she's she's kind of confused that her dad's kind of plans to keep singing even though he uh, he's not any good. Mm-hmm. Her, her words, I thought that was a little bit hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Big Daddy tells her about, you know, how he's always, uh, you know, his whole life trying for new things that were hard mm-hmm. and that he wanted to travel when he was younger. And he kind of continues telling her that, uh, you know, when he met her mom and then, you know, he decided that there was time to settle down and make a life together. And then how like their traveling plans were put off because they had a family to take care of. And then ultimately, you know, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Sad. He decided that before his time was over, and I think he even says something like, before I go to see her again, something mm-hmm. like yeah. that, uh, he was going to do the traveling like he always wanted to. And uh, Blanche finally understanding his decision, asked why he didn't explain all those things to her before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a little bit confused, he says, 
you know, wisely, I think, I didn't think I needed to. <laughs> I figured if I was happy, you were happy. <laughs> and uh, she apologizes for not supporting him more. And they make up with another big hug and tell each other that I love you. And then Blaine starts kind of singing uh, a part of her father's song, the one that yeah. he had sung to her poorly before. Yeah. Uh, he joins in, and then they all laugh and get together and, and one more big hug, and then it ends. She sings slightly better this time than she did last episode, but not much better. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't definitely, you know, two for two, though, as far as her not singing, not being one of her uh, mm-hmm. her many talents. Yeah. So. You think that's part of like finishing school or yeah, something? Yeah, like I would think so. Yeah, for a good Southern girl, girl. yeah, for a debutante. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so uh, I think we all agree that there weren't a lot of great lines in this episode, you know, but uh, the lack of great lines was made up for, I think, with the number of great guest stars. Yeah, so, agreed. So, so with that, Ski, who would be your uh, MVP for the episode? I think Big Daddy. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with Big Daddy too. I mean, he was a, a really good. Really good character, definitely. Not what I was expecting. I, I guess I was expecting him to be kind of more like the Tiana Big Daddy, you know, um, more big, gregarious kind mm-hmm. of a yeah a guy. Whoa, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Over here now, yeah. <laughs> sort of a quiet alpha male. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I was a fan of his. It was it was your MVP. Um, the neighbor was also great. Yeah, Mr. Barton. Mm-hmm. He yeah, was good too. I, mean, I don't know. Just the whole Dudley thing. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't get past that. Exactly. Once a fictitious molester, always a fictitious molester. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go with Big Daddy as well. Mm. Yeah, just a man with a dream in a Colonel Sanders suit thing. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? <laughs> do you? By, is there any dream that either of you two have that uh, you would think, you know, maybe someday I'll pack it up and, you know, if I have the means, just pursue that dream for the twilight of my life i'd like to have a coffee truck coffee truck yeah like kind of like a food truck but just where you drive around and yeah. you know, sell coffee downtown yeah. would you do like, exactly. uh, like fancy coffees like yeah or, or just black <laughs> well, I don't know. You... black folgers coffee well like the you can have like <laughs> you fire up the cake up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, an inexpensive alternative yeah. You can have all kinds of flavors. <laughs> Just have like five or six Keurigs. Yeah. 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 I think like, um, I think a coffee truck would be fun. I think, you know, you could like travel the music festival circuit mm-hmm. and, you know, pedal your coffee until, you know, four or five in the afternoon and then shut down and watch the headliners. Yeah. Well, pretty low overhead overall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that would definitely be a good dream to follow. Do, mm-hmm. do you have one ski? Um, so me and my wife have talked about like, uh, we would definitely actually like to live somewhere warmer cause we hate winters. You, yeah. You, you have already like to, told me you would disown me if I ever moved. Yeah. If you move to Florida during the time that we're still making this podcast, I will announce the entire <laughs> audience that you have passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I, you know, of course now I find out that you may be moving there with Brent while he, you know, gets a He's job at Publix. Publix and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, like. Like, uh, you kind of give us the Disney bug, to be quite honest. And uh, so we got to go twice in the last year. And uh, she always, she thinks that I would be a really great uh, bad joke teller for, like, the ferry boat. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or someone to maybe do... Uh, yeah, Jungle Cruise. You'd be jungle. perfect on that. Yeah. <laughs> the dad jokes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. I always had the dream of opening up, like, a collectible toy store, but... I don't feel like that's something you do in the twilight of your life just because mm-hmm. any any brick and mortar is pretty much a dicey proposition at this point yeah. anyway. Um, 
but plus you'd have to stay current. Yeah, on what the kids are like make a museum, yeah. a Simpsons museum. Yeah, well, that'd be awesome. But I, again, I don't think that's something that would be a realistic way. So I guess you know, I don't know. My dream, my twilight, of my life is just to have nothing to do, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing specific at all. So, um, so who? How many uh, slices of cheesecake would you give this episode, Ski? Um, I actually kind of like this one. I think I'm going to do uh, six. Six, well, that's a good episode, but I don't know if I could give it a six. What about you, Brunt? Four. You Four. know, one for each guest star. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm in the same. Again, I thought it was, the guest stars were great, but even the guest stars didn't deliver, like, great, you know, funny lines. Um, I thought it was just, uh, my, my reason for six is I think they all gave pretty good overall, you know, content, that, and they were all in it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um yeah, I think I'll, I'll stick with my four, though. So, overall, yeah, a solid episode, just not a great episode. Um, now, one thing I did want to mention, you know, right now, uh, where we're at, we have a, a curfew in effect because of the civil unrest that's going on out in the world. Um, and But Brent so much wanted to do this podcast tonight that he is risking, you know, legal ramifications. Mm-hmm. So, Brent, if it turns out that uh, on your way home you get pulled over and end up having to do uh, six months in the Stony Lonesome um, for, for breaking curfew. We will come and visit you once a week for the next six or what is it? Yeah. For the next six months. So we can continue these episodes. So, okay. um, you know, just want you to know that uh, even if your freedom comes to an end, mm-hmm. this podcast will not. I will, I, will, I will use my one phone call to let you know when conjugal visits are. And I look forward to seeing you then. Will they let us bring all this equipment in, you think? Or do you oh, just have, have to do with like a, an iPhone? Yeah, I imagine an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know like what the regulations are even on bringing in phones and what not to visit a, a an inmate. Um, maybe one of those little digital recorders. Yeah, it could be. Or it may just be that we have to copy down Brent's you know transcribe it <laughs> yeah exactly and then bring a stenographer in with us and we'll, we'll get someone to uh be like a script like 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 a a voice artist voice yeah. <laughs> so it'll be brent's words just not brent's voice right yeah, yeah. we'll have to pick someone famous yeah because i'm sure we have that draw <laughs> a lot of famous people well, i'm saying he, des- he deserves it especially oh, well, for his heroism i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it but um you know hopefully you know, he can drive across county lines again. Well, someone who supports against uh, curfews, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're <laughs> we're very much in support of the protesters, not the violence, but uh, mm-hmm. the the cause of the protesters, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to think that this is Brent's little way of uh, sticking it to the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Um, I have a bandana in my car. Oh, okay. So if I get pulled over, it's like I'm sorry. I thought kerchiefs were in uh, effect. <laughs> <laughs> So, so like a thread from the Fl- or not from Flynn, from a from Scooby Doo, like like, like an, an ascot. ascot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure that uh, when you're wearing your ascot on your drive home, that uh, as with everybody out in the audience, you'll be a uh, staying golden. So. <laughs> I thought at first when he said. Uh, Bringing a uh, bandana, he was gonna act like he was in a gang, oh. so the cops were. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would definitely be a, a good option for him to go. <laughs> I think the kerchief around the neck is definitely a better choice than the ascot. I uh, could more easily pull that one off. I think. Oh well, yeah, certainly. Um, and, and in these uh, uncertain times, I don't think you're gonna want to be advertising anything different than <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd tie it around the wrong leg, and <laughs> right. hilarity would not ensue. <laughs> So with that, stay golden, Coco. 
Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. Uh, via telephone interview. Um, but while I was down there, I also interviewed with Publix. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, for the same position, uh, instructional design position. So when you were, is there a Publix here in town or are you planning to move and work there? I would have relocated. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just to work in Publix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been in their corporate headquarters. Well, still. <laughs> I didn't so. realize you were such a huge fan that oh, yeah, you'd yeah. leave the state. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like legit, like one of like the top 10 companies to work for. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you hear, like, I don't know, you hear like. Aldi's and different grocery stores like that that treat their employees really well. Mm-hmm. Like Publix is like the gold standard. Wow. Um, like they're in their corporate center, whatever. They have a cafeteria, like mm-hmm. full-blown hot lunches for free every day. Wow. And all sorts that is pretty stuff. awesome. So, I, I heard Costco is actually mm-hmm. pretty good too. Oh, yeah? That's, oh, yeah, I've heard that too. I think. Like the, the, I don't know if it's still true, but like mm-hmm. when I took a crap econ class, it's been mm-hmm. probably almost 10 years back now. Yeah. Uh, we we had like a section on like certain companies and stuff and it talked about the uh, CEO he would just wear like standard uniform mm-hmm. like he had the little Costco vest just like everybody else mm-hmm. very basic desk yeah. like his office you walk in you mm-hmm. think it was like mm-hmm. it's not a, desk, a yeah. helpful you know like mm-hmm. account exec or something just like, like very unassuming yeah I think it's funny that you're like in an econ class probably 10 years ago when I was only 31. Well, it seems like not that long ago. I'm here, Vlad. Yeah. <laughs> back, back when I was just a boy. Back in the salad basically days. A, yeah. Basically a toddler. Yeah. So, um, well, if I ever hear of a Publix moving to Indiana, I'll mm-hmm. definitely uh, yeah. think of you. Yeah. <laughs> I love And Publix. hope that your lifelong dream becomes a reality. Yeah. I spent the first half of my life calling it Publix. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Is that part of the reason you love it? Would you tell that in the yeah. interview? Yeah. Like, I, we were down there for spring break, me and some friends, and I saw it. I was like, Publix. <laughs> so that's how I called it. You call it Publix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, like... Yeah, and then Elena was like, oh, we can go there. I was like, yeah, and she got annoyed at me because I kept calling it that. She's oh. like, you don't understand. It's a nice grocery store. <laughs> and we went, and I was like, oh, I respect this place too much to call it Publix. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it earned its name. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Time to let go of these boyhood barbs that I was throwing at the exactly. store now that I've seen. Exactly. I respect him enough to call it by its Christian name. So <laughs> let's get rolling, Elon. <laughs> sure thing, Brant. <laughs> I don't know if that got us off on a good start or a sour one now. Was it recording? Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to use any of it. But. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. We could just start. Could just start doing bonus episodes all the time. Is this plugged in? Test? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can hear, you know. Oh, let's say it's maybe not all the way in. I just don't feel like I'm hearing through. Kind of an Allen problem. Okay. Yeah, now I can hear through his. 
It's like because I can see on here that it's recording, <laughs> but yeah. I'm like I'm not hearing anything through this. So Jack just... Black, Jack Black, Saxaboom, <laughs> Jack White, Jack White, <laughs> Saxophone. Let's see, we know where Brent falls when it comes to all the the unrest in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, anyways, <clears throat> all right. So you guys ready? I think so. Okay. Test. Test. Okay.